6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. One of the other things that we've been following throughout the year in and hearing a lot about is the, the opioid crisis in this province, in this country. And in, Al- in Alberta, we're on track to record the most deadliest year on record for drug poisoning deaths with more than a thousand deaths between January and August this year. And we know that the number of EMS calls for overdoses have been consistently high over the past number of months as well. So much so that alerts have been issued on it on a national level. Some of the latest data from a federal special advisory committee on, on opioid overdoses shows that opioid related deaths could remain high and even increase in the next six months in Canada. Get this. This. Current projections suggest that between 1,200 and 2,000 people could die during each quarter. This is nationally through to June 2022. Now, work continues uh, in Alberta to raise awareness about what is going on, and uh, the province has been announcing some programs recently. Um, that you know, some of the programs have some people, you know, scratching their heads. Others are being welcomed. Petra Schultz is the co-founder of Mums Stop the Harm. Petra, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Those numbers aren't going down. The forecast nationally suggesting they will continue to rise. Uh, There is a lot of work to be done yet, isn't there? Oh, there is. There is indeed. And the problem is the work that is being done, like the latest announcement, is not work that will help bring these numbers down, sadly. Let's talk about some of those uh, some of those announcements. The province announced recently that Albertans or Edmontonians struggling with addiction, opioid addiction, can now visit their local fire station and immediately connect with the newly expanded virtual opioid dependency program to start treatment. Uh, the program does an intake assessment and they will work with the person to determine the most appropriate medication. I, I can't wrap my head around this and I know you know they're doing it in police as well with the police services as well. I can't wrap my head around this. Um, where do you where do you stand on this? What are you thinking? Well, you're not the only one who can't wrap their head around it. Um, we, we totally, we absolutely welcome any expansion in access to treatment uh, for people. It's very important to make choice and evidence-based treatment available. But um, uh, first of all, the, the um, virtual opioid agonist treatment program is not, uh, the opioid dependency program is not new. That It's an excellent program. It has been in existence. Uh, now I can access it to my fire station. Um, I'm, I'm really wondering who this is targeted because thinking back of my own son or thinking of any of the loved ones of Mom Stop the Harm members or any of the people who use substances I know, going to the fire station is not their first thought when they're looking for help. Um, there is a lot of stigma around uh, health services, around people in uniform. Um, yeah. And I think they're, they're 
huge barriers. And um, if it's just using a phone there or picking up a pamphlet, anybody who has a phone can find information on the virtual yeah. opioid dependency program online. And anyone who doesn't have a phone, like somebody who is maybe unhoused in the inner city, will not walk into a fire station. I know that. So, Petra, let's, you know, you talk about the fire station. I think that's one thing. But now they've announced that Albertans taken into police custody who have an opioid addiction can now uh, have the ability to immediately start medication treatments voluntarily, uh, including mm-hmm. the sublocate injection right in municipal jails. I, I, I can't see how having police potentially analyze this, make a decision, whomever it is within the service in the jail to uh, administer the the injection, to me, that doesn't jive at all. To me, that is going to end poorly. Well, and we have, we have a lot of concerns. I don't think the idea is that the police would provide the injection. That would have to be a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. The police would have to find a way of pre- connecting people with a healthcare provider. And sublocate is not something that is used a lot currently in Alberta. No. And I spoke to some medical friends and did a bit of reading. And what, what I learned is that sublocate, you normally have to stabilize on another medication yeah. that's called suboxone yeah. that's more common. Normally, you have to stabilize seven days, and the average stay in a jail is 20 hours. Um, so I don't know how they're going to handle the, the stabilization. Um, I wish they would invest in health care where it belongs, which is with health care and with harm reduction mm-hmm. services. Um, and, uh, I mean, we've long been calling that in Riemann, for example, that people have access to opioid agonist treatment there. And often people are in Riemann for, um, for days, weeks, months, and um, there should be ready access. But it needs to be choice. And um, sublocate is, is a choice that I honestly don't understand. But I'm not a medical professional. I, I just know that people told me that you need to stabilize seven days and you can't do that. In 20 hours. Yeah, and one of the things that I had, you know, from the from the doctors that I've talked with over the past couple of weeks about it, I mean, there has been a pill that was that is also being taken that was done, uh, you know, daily. Sublocate is, you know, an injection lasts for 30 days, but to get it, you have to be diagnosed with an uh, with an opioid dependency. So there's a, a lot of things to go through. So I think that this is going to be something to watch very closely and to see how it's going to unfold. I do have a a phone call into the police chief, uh, Dale McPhee, to talk about this in the new year as well. So we'll see what, uh, maybe we can find out more details on, on that one. You know, Pedro, we, we know that um, there's been a, a lot of calls. You talk about investing in, in healthcare, investing in, in, uh, in, in harm reduction. We know that a lot of advocates, including you, were saying that Ottawa, Ottawa needs to tackle this is, to, to get the crisis under control is decriminalization and safe supply. Are you seeing any movement on that? I mean, we, we, we saw the recent mandate letters to the federal ministers who, um, who are in charge of, of this file, and there was nothing in there on that. So that's got to be disappointing. 
saw that mandate letter was terribly disappointing to us. Um, not only does it not talk about um, uh, safe supply um, or decriminalization, it really does not name the, the crisis as what we have, which is a drug poisoning crisis. We have a contaminated supply of, of street uh, drugs, and that is what we need to address, namely with by providing pharmaceutical alternatives that are safe and that are known, um, and uh, by reducing stigma through uh, decriminalization. We have Vancouver um, and Toronto putting in applications, the province of BC, and this just going to be a hodgepodge of regulations mm -hmm. that are all going to be a little bit different. And really the federal government could do this at the federal level because they have control over the Controlled Substances Act. When it comes to safe supply, this is something that we need to see happening at the provincial level. But of course, the federal government can uh, stimulate programs with making uh, targeted funding available, like they did with the child care program. You didn't just get child care money without committing to quality child care with trained staff mm. um, at a certain rate and, and we need the same kind of deals um, for programs to address the ongoing drug poisoning crisis not just giving money to the provinces but making sure it's spent on programs that will actually save lives um, I've actually just a friend just texted me the latest uh, uh, the latest numbers um, okay. that have come out um, in 2020 in Alberta 1,351 people um, have died from drug poisoning which was a record in 2020 now we have 1,372 from just January to October yeah. the October numbers have just come out in September and October uh, again record breaking numbers and I just don't understand how the province can always say we invest in treatment which is great but we have to first keep people alive because dead people don't make it to treatment and these numbers going up and we see the same response over and over this is like this COVID. if we say forget about masks forget about distancing forget about vaccinations we will just expand ICUs that is the kind of response we are seeing here Petra, we're going to have to leave it there uh, this afternoon. Always appreciate your time and, uh, and, and for keeping us updated on, on, on the work that Mom Stop the Harm is doing. And uh, it's, a, it's a continuous battle on many fronts. So thank you for joining us this afternoon. Best of the holidays to you. Thank you. Thank to you and to your listeners, Jalen. Yeah, take care. That's Petra Schultz this afternoon, the co-founder of Moms Stop the Harm. Lots and lots of questions uh, about those programs that will happen in Edmonton fire departments and inside uh, Alberta jails, uh, as well as I mentioned, I, I do have a request into the police chief to talk about more uh, more about that uh, in the new year. And I have some former firefighters texting in saying, "Yeah, this is going to be." Um, something else to, to watch unfold. We'll learn more about it. And as we learn more about it, we'll let you know and keep a close eye on, on what is happening. It's